Hello, everybody, and welcome to GradCast. GradCast is the official radio show of the Society of Graduate Students here at Western University, broadcasting from 94.9 CHRW. And I'm Alex Mozinski, your host today, joined by... And I'm Tyson Davis, back from a long Christmas break. We're here today for, with Steffi. She's a pathologist's assistant, right? You're, or you're in the program for pathology assistant, right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that program? Um, well, do you guys know what a pathology assistant is? I have a very rough idea, given that I had a friend in the first class of that program, oh. actually. Um, so she graduated like a year or two ago now, um, or longer, I don't know, a while ago. Um, <laughs> You're old, Alex. <laughs> I'm a little getting there. Um, so yeah, like you guys basically, from the sounds of it, get to do pretty much everything like that a pathologist does. Like it, it sounded amazing. You guys get to like do full autopsies pretty much and and it's with a lot amazing. less school yeah <laughs> so basically um we're just highly trained uh, healthcare professionals that work under um or being supervised by a licensed pathologist assistant and with that being said we're allowed to take care of basically all the tissues that are removed from surgery grossing all those specimens and to some extent depending on where we're situated we can take care of uh post uh mortem examinations Wow. So my, I guess my first question, which I don't know, may be uh, kind of silly, but are you going to make actual like pathologists obsolete? Oh, there's no way. <laughs> Not at all. Um, there's a lot more to pathology than just cutting up specimens. Um, once we do that work, the next step, it goes to uh, histotechs, which prep them for uh, slides. And then we need somebody to look at those slides and make those diagnoses. So that's where the pathologist comes in. We're not trained to that expertise, though we do have some background in histology. Wow. Okay. So how did you find out about this program and kind of what drew you, uh, drew your interest really in, in becoming pathologist assistant? Um, it's funny you ask that because if you were to ask me that question a year ago, I would not know what a pathologist assistant was. And it actually fell in my lap. Um, this is actually my second graduate degree. I did a first one at the University of Windsor, and I was actually a fish biologist. But um, I took, or I did a teaching assistantship uh, in human anatomy, and part of the course was going over to the adjunct Schulich School of Medicine. And we actually got to open up cadavers and manipulate the structures, and I actually fell in love with that. And I was like, you know what? Fishes are boring, so let's, you know, go into a more clinical setting. And I did some research, and I came across this, and it seemed to really appeal to me. Sounds amazing. Um, I, I did not know about this program actually until I got here. And like I said, a friend of mine was, was in that program. Um, and now, you know, I'm still a grad student, still living fairly beneath the poverty line. And she <laughs> is, I, I've never actually got a definitive answer from her, but she sounds like she is making the only thing I can really say uh, to describe it is a lot of cheddar. Um, she, she's yeah, she's <laughs> raking them in, and it's it's amazing. Mm -hmm. So like, uh, kudos to you for for choosing something that that actually is. It's not all about the money, but it, it, a lot yeah, of it can it's be. Nice. It's, it's nice it's, though. It's yeah, nice. it's nice to have that on the top. <laughs> um, so that's impressive. Uh, so what kind of I guess uh, fish biology? Um, mm -hmm. And I guess your undergrad, what, what did you do for that? And what kind of, uh, I guess, background did you, uh, did they recommend you have 
to go into this kind of program? So my undergraduate degree was in biological sciences. And to anyone who looks at the program here at Western, you'll see that they do have some prerequisites. And taking a science-based uh, undergrad definitely does help you reach those requirements a lot more you know, quicker than if you were to do like a BA. Um, they would like some biology, uh, definitely some physiology, understanding of that. Um, some uh, organic chemistry is optional, I believe. Uh, and yeah, basically all your physical sciences and microbiology and all that jazz. So, so for me, with just a, a BSc, a generic BSc, I would qualify for the requirements for that program. Because it sounds like there's more money in that than there is in my <laughs> research. I have to be honest here. Um, I don't know what you guys, what each program requirement is, but definitely cross-reference it with the requirements they have on hand and see if you, 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 know, you meet the, the cutoff. So I guess getting back to the idea of research, typically um, you know, most of the, the guests on the show um, do, do some kind of research because they're kind of, let's call them generic grad students <laughs> um, like us. And... Uh, you know, so so at, in the pathologist assistant program, it is a professional program. Mm -hmm. um, are there kind of practicums that you have to do? And within that, is there any research-based uh, thesis type of, of component to the program that you have to do? Uh, um, yeah, so in terms of research, we're actually just getting started with that, uh, all the first-year PAs. We actually today just got our research project list. And basically... Um, it's not as intensive as if you're a thesis-based uh, student, but a lot of the projects go around quality control or creating teaching modules or uh, grossing, module, uh, grossing manuals as well. Um, it's only a one-year commitment, and um, it's only a couple times a for the week. But we actually haven't chosen, so I can't be like, this is my elaborate title of my research project, but hopefully in a week. I can do that. Yes. As for practicums, we do have a placement in Toronto for five months. Um, for the first bit, uh, they send off two PAs and four stay here. And we do rotations at Mount Sinai, the forensic center downtown in Toronto, and sick kids. That's awesome. So forensic center, does that mean like you could go do like CSI type stuff? Um, Afterwards? <laughs> I wouldn't say CSI st type stuff, but there are definitely some pathology assistants that are situated in more legal environments, so de they definitely have more experience in those parts, but um, mostly hospitals, morgues, private labs. So in the forensic sense, I'm assuming that these aren't the people who are, it's not like CSI, these are the people who like are processing tons and tons of either like DNA gel tests or fingerprints or something. Oh, that's not us. No, no. 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 We um, let's let let's make a quick little scenario. Um, someone dies suddenly, and we don't know why, and you cut them open, and or even say someone in a hospital setting dies from I don't know complications of the heart. What we have, what would happen is you'd go in and you'd take out that organ and say you'd like some prosections or samples of that. We take that, we'd gross it. And then it gets sent on down the chain of command. <laughs> so it seems like I've been watching a lot of Bones. It seems more <laughs> more along the lines of that than a CSI. Like they do autopsies all the time in that show. That's basically mm -hmm. the whole show. <laughs> Definitely that is the whole show. And it's not as quick as a turnaround as you think. Oh, no. 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 Yeah, I understand. <laughs> it's not like Joe dies and you know why Joe dies 24 hours from then. But Hi, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but um, yeah, and it also depends on where you're situated. Again, some people, or some, I should say, some situations, you'll be more just grossing uh, tissue samples that come from surgeries. Like some people are actually still on the table, so we need to be very proficient and make sure we let the pathologists know if you know the cancer's still in the body and if they need to go back and take up more resections. Mm-hmm. And definitely other situations, you could be strictly in an autopsy uh, setting. So completely, and have you done that yet? Have you done no. some work yet? No. So I'm still say, a baby. Do you dread it? <laughs> no, I'm completely excited to delve it. I don't want to sound sadistic or creepy, but I'm so pumped to actually just get in there. No, it's okay. I understand. I also do research, and I'm pumped to learn about 9-11. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, I am in the same boat. I think that happens a lot in this field. Mm-hmm. I was just going to ask, um, when was... So, I don't know. I've never really... I grew up hunting, but I've never really been around dead people. Um, so, how was it your first time having to do... You mentioned you had to do it in, during your master's in fish biology. You had to do some stuff yeah, with the human body. Assistant. Yeah, and they had cadavers over it. How did you find that your first time, just out of curiosity? To be completely honest, I loved it. To, to each his own. We definitely had some uh, students that were very apprehensive. They just, you know, stand back and watch. Where we have others that just dug in, and that was me. Like, I wanted to stretch out the intestine. I wanted to see how long it was. Um, touch the lung and palpate the heart and everything. Like, how often can you say, like, I opened somebody up today, and I know the inner workings? <laughs> Depends on who you are. If you're, you know, any of us, probably not very frequently. Um, if you're Jack the Ripper, you know, who knows? But... Um, Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, wow, though, that's that's amazing. Um, so I guess one of the things you've mentioned a couple of times so far has been the, the word grossing or writing a, like a gross uh, protocol. Right. Uh, what does it mean to gross? Okay, it's, I, very good question because when I do use that terminology, they think like, ew, gross? No. Grossing is basically macroscopic, the larger picture. So when I say grossing, I mean if we are given a, a chunk of someone's liver, grossing would be to take that sample and slice it into thinner pieces. That's grossing. All right, we have uh, another guest coming in. We, um, friend of yours, sorry? Shelby. Shelby. Shelby, all right. <laughs> Welcome to GradCast. <laughs> we now have two pathologist assistant trainees in the booth. Shelby is a second year pathologist assistant. Um, Shelby, I'm Alex. This is Tyson, and welcome to GradCast. Thank you. We're getting perspectives right now on the idea of becoming a pathologist assistant. We've talked a little bit about um, sort of how uh, Steffi got into the program. So how did you find out about it, and kind of what's your background story? Um, I have a very different background, I think, than most who apply. Um, I actually worked as a pathologist assistant for two years, Um, at the uh, Ontario Forensic Pathology Service in Toronto, which was fantastic. And that's kind of how, like, my passion, you know, was, I guess, discovered. And uh, so I originally worked there um, as, like, a summer student. And then uh, a contract position came on, and uh, they asked if I wanted to take it. And I was like, yeah, why not? And so then I worked there on and off for two years on two different contracts, um, working as a pathologist assistant. And so now most of that is uh, 
autopsy based. So I heard Steffi was talking about uh, grossing, like surgical pathology, which they don't do. So um, I guess with that, one of the um, managers there had mentioned this program to me and said that this would be a good opportunity to kind of further my knowledge and also allow me to be uh, more hireable in both like the states and just hospitals in general. So that's kind of how I found out about it. And then I just went through the whole process of applying online and Bob's your uncle, here I am. <laughs> that is a very different story. Um, I guess to go back a little bit further then, how'd you get into PAing in Toronto? In Toronto? Oh boy. Okay. Um, that's a longer story. I originally was doing my undergrad in uh, pharmaceutics and I didn't find that I was quite enjoying it. Um, and so, you know, everybody likes CSI. They always think, oh, you know, CSI, that's awesome. I want to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, there's similarities, but there's a lot of differences. And so, um, you know, I was going into exams, I think in my second year and I was talking to my dad on the phone saying, you know, I was really stressed out and I was really unhappy and that, you know, I wasn't sure if what I was doing was what I wanted to do. And he had actually just spoken to one of his friends who turned out to be um, someone he worked with um, a while back. She had actually taken a position as the manager at the Ontario Forensic Pathology Service. So I guess you could say, in a sense, I had an in. And uh, so she mentioned that they were hiring for a summer student. And I applied there, and I guess I got my foot in the door, and from there it kind of just accelerated to this. So that I guess that's as far back as it would go. That's a pretty different story. That's great. Um, Thank you. Cool. So I guess getting back to something that we were just talking about again before you got here, uh, we were talking about sort of the first time you have ever either performed an autopsy or, or dissected kind of a, a, a person um <laughs> and, and that moment yeah um Take you know and stuff he was saying yeah everything was cool um for you how how was it uh uh it was quite the eye-opener um it was really shocking at first like i had always uh you know i had gone in and i had watched an autopsy i had seen the embalming process even at funeral homes and and to see that and witness that is completely different from to actually hold that scalpel in your hand and do it. And and for me, you know, the entire time I was like holding the person's hand going, please be dead, because God knows I don't want to be cutting into you and you're not dead. <laughs> and that was the that was my feeling is my heart was just pounding and I and and yeah, my in my mind I'm just thinking, you know, I am so sorry that this, this has happened to you, but and and I know Steffi will probably relate to this doing anatomy right now. It's it's almost like you thank that person for giving them this huge learning experience. And that was kind of how I took it is is yes, it's doing a job and it's doing a a service to not only that person, that person's family and the community and even the city, you know, potentially. But it's also a learning experience. And for me at that point I was being trained on the job. It wasn't going through schooling. So it was like my, my heart was pounding. You know, you get the sweats, but that there's that huge excitement that comes over you. Um, and, yeah, it's it's very, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's exhilarating, but it's also, you know, I guess gross at some points too. Right? Well, I've, I've always thought you can't really smell CSI. 
No. Uh, so, <laughs> like, and when I, whenever somebody wants to compare something in either your guys' work or any of the forensic sciences to CSI, I just try to remind them, you can't smell CSI. No, you cannot. No, you there are many smells out there. <laughs> Sometimes you just become desensitized to it, which, which is a good thing on our part, for sure. So... Wow. It's really nice to hear how kind of seriously and professionally you guys take, I guess, these autopsies as uh, as students, because, you know, sometimes I, I worry a little bit about, about how people might act, because, you know, it's still school, still trainees, um, and, and these are people who have, you know, donated their bodies to science. So it's really nice to hear that, especially in London where I think we have, on a per capita basis, one of the highest numbers of organ donors yes. per, people, per person in the world. Or yeah. like, yeah. Aren't we the second highest city or something? Something like, like that, it's yeah. It's really pretty up there. there I think that and um, I want to say Queens has also a very high level of, of bodies donated. But yeah. London is definitely up there for sure. For Donate your organs, people. Yeah, it's a good, good thing. Cause. I'm an organ donor. Yeah. I am too. I Saves am lives. too. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's amazing. Um, I know that at least for me, I, I did my undergrad at U of T and I took anatomy and the only thing that ever kind of phased me was, um, seeing a, a person's face yeah. that really, uh, and it was like a, a cross section. So you could see like, you know, half of it was inside and half of it was like yeah. a face and that a little bit was disturbing for me. But other than that, uh. See, I'm the guy that had... That's why I had knee surgery four years ago, and I asked my surgeon if he would either give me a paralytic so I could watch or videotape it so I could watch it afterwards. I was genuinely interested in what he was doing to me. He gave me one of the most creeped-out looks I've ever gotten. (laughs) When When I said, can I be awake, he said, I'm going to drill holes in your bones. You will not be awake while that's happening. So I kind of get the uh, the the draw to the unknown. Like we, you know, we, it is. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'd love to know how more of me works, but they don't really teach us that in math. No, and and <laughs> it's not as exhilarating either. I have to be honest here. It's so like, what are some of the things that um, working in that environment? That's my that's my euphemistic language. Um, what are some of the things that you learn that someone on the outside might not know? Hmm. That's a good question, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, can, you, can you say that in a different way? No. Is there something <laughs> like that goes on? Traits, is there something that goes on inside when you know you're digging through there that we don't know? That like, you know, most people would have their assumptions as to what that experience would be like, but they wouldn't know. Like, so I think I know one thing about <laughs> so kind of what you're asking, and it might be kind of something that you guys can either tell me I'm dead wrong about. Oh, I use the word dead. I probably shouldn't have. Either I'm Funny. wrong about, but it's, uh, or I'm right about. I, I was told, and I thought this was true, that when a person dies, they immediately vacate both their bladder. Not oh. true. Okay. There you go. Not true. So I learned Not something always. new. No. It, ha- it can happen, um, and you know, it definitely sucks for us when it does happen. <laughs> but it doesn't always happen. No. I, I think uh, I don't know how vulgar I want to be here but I think when you are closer to say having to go to the bathroom and then perhaps you die it's more likely it's more likely you know because mm. you're kind of further down the pipeline <laughs> <laughs> we'll say that's a great analogy no, I love it <laughs> um, but otherwise no and, and even um, 
you know, urine, again, can be same or different. It depends. Like, yeah, the sphincters and everything relax, but that doesn't necessarily mean you, uh, we'll say, defecate yourself. (laughs) So, not always true. That was very insightful. I was just... (laughs) I'm trying to keep it as clean was, as possible. I was just going to pop in and say, you know, I guess you learned that CSI smells, but that's that Tyson's got a lot oh. up on that. Um, so, yeah, anything else that um, you guys learned? Or? It's as wet as it looks. Mm. Like cutting into, like, the pleural cavity, like around the lung or the pericardium around the heart, things do ooze. And you only do have, like, eye protectors. Mm-hmm. So I've had some some cheek accidents and some chin some accidents. Neck, yeah. But, you know, you need tough skin, oh, literally. Oh, God. And so, you know, you just scrap a little paper towel and just... But be aware, like, when you do cut into sections... Oh, so, so things can... Uh, no. Not spurt, but... No, I was going to say spray, but yeah. <laughs> but depending on the spurt. angle with you, which with you, you know, with which you cut it, like, the pericardium is very adhere tightly to the mm-hmm. heart so when you're peeling away that it gets a little splash wow yeah. so tyson for your illustrious career as a pathologist assistant in the future uh bring a wetsuit um hands <laughs> <laughs> up paper towel hands up paper towel i do have to ask like you said you were so excited about uh the process like how do you get used to this like how did you not like just blah, the first time I think a big part of it is understanding that it's a whole part of the process. Like, death is natural, it happens, and picking this career path, you know that this is something that needs to be done in the healthcare. And so, having that mentality, you just, you go in there and you're like, I'm excited. What I do is, you know, bettering the efficiency of the pathology lab, and I'm helping somebody else, as Shelby said, like, families and Mm -hmm. loved ones who want to know what happened. And so I'm learning, and yet I'm helping others. So yeah. it's amazing. I think another, just to add to that, too, is, is um, especially in hospital cases, it's, all, it's also a way of, you know, for doctors to learn and see what went wrong, what they could have done better to even treat a patient. So there's, there's this whole other aspect that a lot of people just, when they hear autopsy especially, they, again, they think CSI but, and they think forensic, but they don't realize that there's this whole other surgical aspect to it and how, you know, doing an autopsy on what we like to call a hospital case, so say someone who had just died of some sort of terminal cancer, that can really help the outlook of or, or treatment for, for patients to come. And I don't think people actually realize that. And then, and then on top of that, with, with forensics too, uh, kind of going back to your question, would be something that I find that I don't get used to. Um, so, the, you know, you've got your guts and your gore and all that fun stuff, which is fine. But I think something that I have the hardest time getting used to is trying to detach yourself from that person. And so, you know, you, you have this body come in and you read, you know, their history of what happened to them and you're, you, you really have to learn not to personalize things. And that can be the hardest thing, especially working forensically and dealing with very sensitive and high-profile cases. So, uh, so in, the, uh, in the day-to-day, what would be the dis- difference between what you guys do and say, in forensics anyway, and what a coroner does? 
Well, okay. Uh, so forensically, what what a PA would do, and and uh, as opposed to a coroner. So um, the coroner is the person that kind of goes to the scene uh, of, say, like a, a crime or or you know, again, God forbid, a suicide or something. You know, where the decedent is. And they would investigate and, and work with the police to, to find out, okay, what happened to this person, why, or, you know, they have to answer, I think it was five questions. Mm-hmm. i got to go back to my forensics yeah. here. <laughs> who, who, when, where, why, and how, I think yep. that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's very standard. So they, that's their job, that is to standard. answer those questions. Um, and if they can't, they order an autopsy. And then that's when the pathologist comes in and they are obviously the one to kind of figure out, well, for the majority, you know, the disease process or just why or how they died kind of thing. The PA comes in as, in a forensic stand, kind of the the grunt worker in a sense, but I also like to say that we get to do all the fun stuff because we do we get to deal with more of the body and, and you know, taking trace samples, taking fingerprints, you know, uh, toxicology, you know, doing all the organ dissections, that sort of thing. So we get to do the messy work in a sense, but it's mm-hmm. also a lot more fun, I find. And the coroner just does a lot of paperwork. All right. <laughs> if I could be permitted, one more question. So yeah. can I have um, you guys both say so far what your favorite moment in this field has been? Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's an evil question. That's tough. <laughs> can I say everything? Is that that's is that cheating? Clear? It's not cheating because like <laughs> being a fish biologist and dissecting fish and then moving on to like the grand scale of a human body, I've never seen the inner workings of the neck and the vasculature mm. of the body and how it connects and looking at my own body and being like, so that's what that was, mm-hmm. you know. So if I had to pick, if I like, I mean, when I was a kid, I did some fish dissections, but it was mostly because we wanted to eat it. Maybe you do you have one pinpointed already? I th- and I think I, what you it's similar to what you're probably trying to say mm-hmm. and and I think the biggest thing is not necessarily the job like I, I love the job and and having worked it, yeah, I can say that, but I think the best thing so far along this journey has actually been my anatomy classes. And I think it's because it's this huge learning experience and it's like your you know your basics and then where you're passion is kind of founded is within that class and where all your knowledge comes from like yeah you can sit and open up a pathology textbook but you can't sit and just dissect a person in any other class and I think for me anatomy has been the most precious course that I have taken in my entire life well in my entire career I guess okay I feel like cheating I'm not cheating anymore I think my most favoritest amazing was we got to go into the pathology suite or where the morgue was and i think in the in yeah the so i think uh two of the upper pas were grossing this huge thing it looked like a lung but it was actually a kidney a polycystic <gasps> kidney yeah so usually your kidneys are like the size of your i would yeah. say a little bit larger little bit. than the size of your fist this one yeah, was like four or five and it was just covered in like boil like structures which are cysts so hence the name polycystic but that's the favorite thing like everything you never know what you're gonna get yeah every day's a different day Mm -hmm. that's what i like the most is every day's a different day sure you're doing the same job but 
every case, every specimen, everything is different. And, and you may come across so many things that like, you know, oh, you know, it's another lung, but hey, I found this and that's different sort of thing. Like it's, it's always different. So it's always changing. And I like that. And, and it's not just your normal desk job too. <laughs> so I guess moving forward with, uh, with the program and with your careers, what do you guys see uh, in your future, I guess, as pathologist assistants? I guess that would probably be the last question for each of you guys because uh, we've got to wrap up after this. But uh, okay. what do you think? You're further along, Shelby. What oh, do you got? I don't know. <laughs> um, it's funny because this is similar to what they asked me in my interview, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Five years, I don't know. Um, what do I see? Well, I would love to stay in Toronto and work. Um, I mean, my ideal job would be to work both an autopsy and grossing position, but also have a teaching position. Because I love teaching. I would actually love to continue teaching PAs, to be honest. Because um, it is. It is such a fantastic field that a lot of people probably didn't even know about until recently, really. Um, but yeah, my my future, I look at staying in Toronto. But I am totally not opposed to going to the States as well as as, as an opportunity. So... That's pretty much it. Snowballing off of Shelby's response, definitely teaching. Um, definitely have a passion to disseminate knowledge. And um, I'd also love to even stay on with research. I do love research. It's one, one of the big, biggest reasons why I'm in graduate school. So I don't know. There might be a PhD in my future. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. But I really do love seeing it and then actually getting down to the molecular and how it all comes together. Yeah. That's awesome. And if I could actually ask one last question. I know <laughs> we have an extra couple yeah, of minutes. Yeah, we have an extra few minutes. Uh. So um, both of you guys bring up teaching. And I wanted to ask earlier, actually, so you were talking about as a PA, you get the opportunity a lot of the time to find new things, which actually can be used, beneficial to clinicians, doctors, and patient care. Um, do you get a lot of opportunities to go back and either, um, you know, give, give, a, give the rundown to the physicians and teach them uh, or, or other people as well what your ideas might be for what could be done in the future uh, as a as a PA? Um, that's a good question. I personally don't know. I haven't seen it done, but I, you know what, I have to say I don't doubt that it's, it's totally possible, I'm sure. Um, and especially at the university hospital, like they're, they're really open and, and happy to have PAs be taken like partake more in research and, and more in, in improving healthcare and everything that way. And, and a lot of the pathologists there, like they, they work with the PAs and even the PA students on a lot of our research projects. So they're all very open to, to having extra and more input. I just don't know if it's ever been done per se in the time I've been there. But on a you know, cool aspect, some PAs actually do go on to teach pathology residents mm -hmm. um, on grossing and stuff like that. So might not be the doctor itself, but they're, they're up and coming. So, you know, we, we do have an opportunity we to work the with future them. Doctors. We teach for exactly. Are you hearing that? <laughs> the future is in our hands. That's awesome. All right. Thank you guys very much for coming on to the show. It's thank been a very you. different episode, and I'm glad that you guys, uh, super guys fun. came. Can we yeah. do a shout out? Sure. Yeah. I like to shout out my. My first year fellow PAs, I love y'all. Chelsea, Emily, Derek, <laughs> Shusheng, I love you all.
<laughs> Any other shout outs? Uh, and Kyle. I'm sorry, Kyle. I was going to say, you forgot Oh my gosh, Kyle. God, don't hate me. Uh, I don't know. I, all my all my second year PAs are off in Toronto right now, I so uh, I guess just shout out to them. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot, guys. Tristan, take it away. All right, guys. Well, tune in next week when Future Talk comes back, and we will be back in two weeks, and we'll talk a little bit about our upcoming podcast then. Until then, this has been Gradcast on CHW 94.9. Stay classy, London. That's all for this week. Gradcast is created and funded by the Society of Graduate Students at the University of Western Ontario and goes live once every other week on CHRW 94.9 to the London, Ontario area. We are reachable on Twitter at, at @gradcastradio and email at uh, gradcastradio at gmail.com. See you all next week.